0: Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.
1: Hello out there, coming to you live from the morass of the Eastern Conference. This is Jurassic Pod, uh, a podcast about the Toronto Raptors. I'm Eric Corrine from The Athletic, with me, as always, uh, from, once again, the Atlantic time zone, (laughs) Holly McKenzie. Holly, how are you? I'm
2: doing okay. How are you?
1: I am also doing okay, which is as well as things can go in... uh, (laughs)
2: 2020. days.
1: 2022. (laughs) 2022 um, uh, word... I'm doing better because despite what you've put in our rundown here Uh-oh. I predicted the week right uh hey. you say you hey. you I've uh, to quote Holly McCartsey I've decided my three and0 at home prediction <laughs> is basically right it after is. They very much <laughs> yeah okay the, uh we'll get to that uh but <laughs> I, I was I was actually right Hashtag actually right uh, yeah, it's been, uh, the, the Raptors continued their, uh, their winning ways, made it to six game winning streak. By they're, beating, back. Uh,
2: they're back.
1: <laughs> they're back. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're in a weird place where like the wins are giving me cause for concern and the losses are, which is what you meant by your prediction, and the yes, losses yes. are are like, oh yeah, they might actually be decent. <laughs> they might actually be pretty good. Um, the Raptors beat the, a a shell of the Utah Jazz, who were missing I believe eight of their top nine scorers, uh, some of whom did not make the trip to Canada, um, and, and that was Freddie Van Vliet taking over in what was, I I think we can say, the best single individual performance by any Raptor we've seen this year, scoring 15 straight points, Uh, being generally awesome in the third quarter as the Raptors avoided what was looking like a really bad loss uh, in a win over Utah. Uh, We got the return of Jonas Valanciunas. Uh, in what was a very close game throughout, I want to say, and, and the Raptors had it up to town and looked to be pulling away, and the Pellies kept on pulling back in, but eventually the Raptors, thanks again to some miraculous shots by Fred VanVleet, <laughs> including a certified Steph fast break, dribbling back outside the three-point arc to take a three uh, to put the Raptors in the lead for good. Uh, the Raptors won that. And then what honestly I think was one of the best games of the year from just a competitive competitiveness standpoint, uh, lose to the very good Phoenix Suns, 99-95, uh, in another game that was pretty much close throughout. Uh, mm-hmm. All in mm-hmm. all, uh, I called it correctly, as I said again. Um, listen but, but yes your 3-0 and at home prediction basically being right I think the only reason that doesn't stand up is because the game against Utah was kind of a moral defeat and the game against Phoenix <laughs> was a moral victory uh, I love the term moral defeat we, it should be used literally all the it should be used as much as moral victory because because uh of just where we are as a society. Um but yeah, I think uh, as a week uh especially considering the Raptors loss came without Scotty Barnes and Gary Trent, uh there were more good signs than bad. Uh so Holly, what's your big takeaway from the basketball that we have seen over the M- last My big events? takeaway
2: My big takeaway is that my prediction was right, basically. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I remember when we made them, and you definitely did not think that they were going to win against the Suns.
1: I did not. Yeah, and 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 then they they lost.
2: And then I thought (laughs) that they would, and they almost did. And so I think that that just counts, that we both win. We can be like the two Olympians who tied and decided they would share the medal, that's oh, yeah. you and me right now. We're gonna share. Jumpers. We'll share. We'll just share that we both were correct, right?
1: Um. Well, no. Come on, C- because Eric. Because I, I was right, and you. But were Eric,
2: wrong. Eric, but like we could share it. Just say that you will share. I will acknowledge, share joy. I will share joy is that better than singular joy.
1: I will acknowledge you had some insight into the week and the team, and and were not entirely spiritually incorrect with your prediction. I will not acknowledge that you were more correct than I was, Who beca- only shame. because I was maximally correct. Um,
2: That's a shame yeah. for you. We're, we're off to um, a,
1: a very pedantic start.
2: <laughs> I did, well, I'll, to continue with this, I did want to say when you were mentioning uh, Fred Van Vliet's performance, um, why am I blanking out on the team against Utah? You said it was probably like the best singular Raptors performance of the season playoffs aside have you seen a better in like a better Raptors performance since you've covered the team a better stretch like a better run by one player playoffs aside I don't want to talk about playoffs because that's just you know
1: I mean it's hard for me to remember stretches in that way like when you talk about individual games like kyle lowry's 42 point game against cleveland that against the Cavs. with like a, a step back over Del vadova like that mm-hmm. that's like way way up there uh i, I there was know, demar's
2: like, there was demar's uh 50 or yeah
1: 52 yeah. against milwaukee 50- and on new year's like, day he's had some unreal stretches and like they've those guys I don't know if Lowry ever won a Player of the Month. I think Demar might have won a Player of the Month as a Raptor. I'm not, I'm yeah. not absolutely yeah, positive. Yeah. So I don't want to like get far too ahead of myself and say it is. I'd I really have to do the research.
2: <laughs> I, have to do my own also I have to do my Ross. own research here, Holly. Um, <laughs> there was also the Terrence Ross, uh, Terrence Ross game against the Clippers.
1: Yeah, but that was like the best I wasn't of, there for that, that game. Was the I best was out of body experience I've ever seen for sure. So yeah, okay. See, I was I well, I
2: was in Erie at a Bay at a Bayhawks game when that happened yeah. because yeah. I was stranded because of a snowstorm. I, um, yeah.
1: Yeah, for me, I mean, I wasn't
2: there, but I was obviously watching very closely from Nova Scotia and I was so emotional (laughs) during that performance because it just a few possessions prior, Fred was called, I think it was an Out of Bounds I think it was an out-of-bounds call that went against the Raptors. And you because the the arena is so quiet, you can hear a lot of what the players are saying on the broadcast. And he he was talking to an official and he was like, come on. And the way he said it, it was so just like he was fed up. Like you could tell he was just like, I'm done. Like I, (laughs) I'm done with the direction that this game is going in. And then he just went insane. He was crazy. It was so incredible to watch. And yeah, I got super emotional watching it because it was just... I'm just very happy yeah. for Fred and everything that his work has resulted in for him.
1: And I think we're getting to a It's not that it matters a lot, but like if you're an all-star voting isn't something I, I want to take a ton of time considering because like we're only voting for five players in each conference and it's obviously, especially on the fan side, uh, more of a popularity contest or, or at least in large part a popularity contest. Uh, guys, people voting for their favorite players, and there's nothing wrong with that. But if, if like you're looking into the people who should be starting this game on merit, I think we're getting close to a point where you can say that Van Vliet should be in the running for that guard spot opposite Demar Derozan. Uh, like, oh, I don't all, think
2: we're getting close. I think we're there. Like, okay, so let's like. like to say well, that he's in the running. Yeah, of course. I think I'll, yeah. uh, definitely. And it's so funny because we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. You had the predict, the prediction episode when you asked yeah. me if I thought Fred would be. Um, on the defensive team and the All Star team, and I said no to both. Not because he, they're not deserved, but because I didn't think people would be paying attention to the Raptors because of their record. And now that they've had this like stretch that they've had, and his performances have been so incredible, and the you know the numbers, the stats have been so mind boggling to look at. I think even if you're not paying a ton of att- attention watching every game, even just people like glancing at the stats are going to see those numbers and kind of pay attention. And I thought it was interesting that. Before before the game against the Suns, I think you had tweeted it that Monty Williams had essentially said, oh, "Like
1: God, that tweet was the bane of my existence." But continue,
2: <laughs> people, the best. Continue, <laughs> but he had sorry. basically said, "There's no other player that keeps you up at night like like Fred has been because of the run that he's been on and how incredible he's been. That's an All Star. <laughs> like, the yeah, player I think that,
1: unquestionably, like he deserves to be on the All Star team." Uh, mm-hmm. he he's put himself clearly above that those guys like battling for the
2: longest. Is he gonna spot. make it though? Do you think he will be on the yeah, team?
1: Yeah, I think he Good. will make it. Good. Uh me I think, too. I think I mean there are I believe two weeks in change till the coaches mm-hmm. announce the reserves. Mm-hmm. Um and I think it's possible the Raptors go on a huge losing streak and Van Vliet gets injured and like don't say that That's oh, I'm, just, I'm just that. like I'm just like trying to lay out the case that he doesn't like it would have to be something like that or, or Van Vliet goes on like a terrible streak of performances where all of us and like the Hornets nah. get hot and Boston gets hot and then all of a sudden no. you're like, why <laughs> but right now I would say I would make it I'd say, like, 80, 90-10 eh, that Van Vliet ends up making. But the question I was asking you, Holly...
2: Sorry, ...is not whether sorry. he's going
1: to make the all-star team. It's whether, based on merit, he should have... He should be in the conversation,
2: spot. is what you said. You didn't say, should he yeah. be starting okay. again. So you said me, in the conversation. So Let me quickly in the conversation, run down some
1: of the <laughs> candidates. Um, yes. We got Trey Young, whose team is b- bad, but who himself is an offensive engine unto himself uh we've got drew holiday we've got james Harden. uh we've got Lamelo ball am i missing anybody else obvious zach levine if you can cons- say i think he's listed as a front court player
2: but i feel I like he is too
1: it's it's really weird how yeah like i know they, the Bulls are just weird obviously because like like by size, Demar and and Levine are their three and four. I think they're they're forwards, but by position, like Damar is essentially their point guard mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. or their offensive point guard, and, and and Levine is you know pretty close to a shooting guard. Any whom? Am I missing anybody obvious in the East other than those guys?
2: um i didn't i kind of blanked out i have to admit that but
1: really uh because butler's a forward miami milwaukee Uh,
2: philadelphia
1: there's darius garland but he's i don't think is in the conversation bradley beal isn't in the conversation jalen brown isn't in like i love the the,
2: term in the conversation because it's come to mean so much more than just yeah no
1: it's the the, in uh, the conversation it's it's like on the it's at the same level of the, NFL the MVP is yeah. he elite? Is he an elite quarterback? You know, like, good. This this word means nothing. Let's just. <laughs> uh, so I, I really do think it comes down to young. If we're just doing it on merit, it's young, yep. Van Vliet, Holiday, Harden. Uh, I, I'm putting DeRozan in one of those spots, and yeah. and uh, let's not count Levine because I think he is listed as a front court player. Would you have him as number 1 and I I mean he's in the conversation in the conversation but would you have him as number 1 right <laughs> now of those players?
2: I think I would but also I think I'm biased here so well, I mean that's this why is a you're Raptors podcast. But your your opinions better at being more reasonable. Where where do Why <laughs>
1: better I don't think my opinion is, <laughs> No, not so. your
2: opinion but like your brain. Your brain yeah. is better and you also know when it comes to Fred that I'm bad at at Yeah. At,
1: I think, I think I'd lean Trey Young right now.
2: I feel like too, for the, just the star power and he's an amazing yeah, player. Yeah, and, and, like,
1: uh, and, and I feel like I when do, a player's,
2: when a player's already been an all-star, like, you know what I mean? People kind of expect yeah, to see and, them like, I again. Do,
1: I do find a, like all-star and most valuable players aren't the same as me, uh, to me. I should say, like... <laughs> They're like, not
2: the same as you? You're not an All-Star or a I, Most I Valuable both. Player? I
1: am both, I um, <laughs> Like, you're sort of... With All-Stars, I'm just trying to get, like, the five best performances out mm-hmm. there, which aren't exactly mm-hmm. the same thing as Most Valuable. Like, like what Trey Young does for an offense on a night-to-night basis is incredible. And if he played with... You know, if DeAndre Hunter were healthy and if Clint Capella were there, like, I I think the defense would look a lot better. And this isn't a conversation. Um, Like, he's
2: so undeniably good and talented that had if he was given like a level playing field of talent around him, barring injuries, etc. You would expect you would say, of course, he's going to be there. Yeah, no, I get that.
1: And with Van Vliet, like, yes, the Raptors fall off. The board when he's not on the floor, but a, that's more of a value consideration for me than than a pure like greatness consideration just because the Raptors lack depth we we've seen it. uh yeah, so it's more about who the Raptors don't have behind him uh rather than him, even though you know he's obviously been great this year and when I do my report card at the midseason, he's gonna get an A spoiler alert a um, or a plus oh the a plus has been i think i i've only given one a plus and it was to kyle lowry once so yeah i remember um, this i i try to be as stingy as possible with that i like i have been thinking about that so it's more between a and a plus rather than i a think he a-. needs to
2: get the plus come on eric yeah, look at what just, we've seen you just
1: you just admitted to your own bias
2: um, also, you realize you're asking me in this little scenario to impartially decide against a situation that could give me DeMar DeRozan <laughs> and Fred VanVleet together again at the All-Star game in the backcourt. Like, I mean, come on. Yeah. What are we doing? Anyway, of course, that's what it yeah, should be. That'd be
1: that's, that's the literal dream for you. Yes. Uh. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Anyway, it's not going to happen. He's too far down in the fan vote, which is 50% of the uh what determines the starters. So, unless things change dramatically in that way, even if the media and players are all aboard the Fred Van Vliet train, which I do not believe will happen to the extent Global that Ambassador, necessary. get
2: your tweets out.
1: Yeah, where where is that guy? Uh not at Raptors games, but that's just I mean, okay, a good, no that one is means at Raptors he's being games. He's a good Canadian.
2: Yes. Um <laughs> Yeah. So oh, I for, need to, before we go, yeah, go forward, ahead. I'm sorry I'm interrupting you, I didn't put this on the rundown. We need to talk about, or we don't need to talk about, but I need to ask from your perspective in the arena, uh, Booker's beef with the Raptor. I didn't even Did notice
1: you, it in real time. Oh, I, that's so disappointing.
2: Honest. I was really hoping you would have good insight. <laughs>
1: yeah, no, I, unfortunately, like, it was the end of the game, like, at that point it was a free Pretty close, contest, yeah. so I was, like, trying to get as much organized for post-game writing as possible. That's you fair. know how it goes. I was fairly confident Devin Booker was going to make those free throws. Yeah,
2: yeah.
1: Um, I, I just want to say the Sun starting five is the best. I, I don't even know if the best is the right word, but it just, it's such a satisfying old school, mm-hmm. not even mm-hmm. old school, like it's just like a sensible, such a sensible starting five that makes, that it's just logically pure. <laughs> like I, I I love the way they move the ball. Like when they run a a mm-hmm. Paul Ayton pick and roll, like everything like you can just see the defense getting not knowing whether to collapse onto Ayton or to stay connected to Crowder and Bridges. Like the difference between Van Vliet and Siakam trying to operate with, you know, Chris Boucher, who's been great by the way, and you know, Kem Birch or, or whoever the fifth guy was out there on the weak side or and, and Paul doing it with, you know, the option to give it to Booker to ISO or the picture, the option to dump it off to Aiton or with Crowder and Bridges uh, in the shooting positions. That's just a perfectly constructed starting unit. Uh, And that, and, uh, and that in a way gets back to how you were right that the Raptors Missing two of their guys were able to hang so close with that team is really a huge credit to them.
2: What was that? You said that I was right. Eric, let's just share the the award, the uh, award that I've created in my head.
1: Yeah, maybe if, it, if the Winter Olympics had started, I could get behind that, but but not yet. Um, all right, so Fred Van Vliet will make the all-star team unless something weird happens. I believe you have until February 22nd to vote for him. Uh at least that's when my media vote is due, so I'm gonna assume that's when the fan vote is due. Um and you know, sure, I'll let you guys know who I vote for. Um when after after that. That seems reasonable.
2: That is reasonable. But this isn't the reasonable list, sorry.
1: No. Uh rip lists Um Pascal Siakam remains good, remains good at basketball over yeah, the last, he's... last fifteen games. Uh, He is averaging 23.1, 9.4, 7.4 on 48% shooting. (laughs) Free throw throw shooting is down. Uh, And the Raptors kind of lost that game on the free throw line last night, or Tuesday night. But you have here Pascal Pascal All-Star. I think that extra spot is going to a guard. But, yeah, let's make the case. Why don't we make the case? Do you want to make the case? He's been
2: incredible. And I think that people keep looking at, we talked about this last week, so I don't know why I'm repeating myself, but his assists, they just keep going up. He just keeps finding ways to find his teammates and create offense for them. And I just think he's been really, really good, like all around great for them through this Uh, stretch. And it's good to see.
1: Yeah, I said 9.4 and 7.4. That was wrong. 9.4 rebounds and 5.4 assists. So not mm-hmm. quite as ridiculous as I made it sound. I was looking at the defensive rebound category instead of the assist category. Oh,
2: that'll get you.
1: Gets you every time. <laughs> half of the time every time. Um, he did,
2: but I will say against the against the Suns, he did finish uh, with 22, 7, 7, and then also three assists. He was really good in that game.
1: Yeah, guy's talented. Uh, as I tweeted, somebody should come up with a nickname for him based on his skill Uh
2: That's a pretty fun, he, that's a pretty funny tweet.
1: Yeah. Uh, so, so, so good that I am repeating it verbally. <laughs> uh, also, I think something lost here is I kind of think over the last few weeks, he's been the best, def- at least front court defender on the defender. team. Defender. Yeah. yeah, like I, I think the Raptors need OG Ananobi to get back to that level, uh. And I think like Ananobi's been really good, and we don't, we haven't talked about it much lately because he just like he's kind of the guy sacrificing those looks, right? Like he's mm-hmm. he's, he's mm-hmm. Set, not not so, not even from a shot quantity perspective, although he's like clearly third in that, in that pecking order behind Van Vleet and Siakam, but but just shot type, like there's just not as much. On on his shoulders from a creation standpoint, and from you know a, a post up or isolation standpoint, and I, I think the great thing about his season is, is we saw him making strides in those bigger areas before Pascal Siakam came back, and we saw him, and we've seen him pretty much keep the efficiency up as he's taken as as he's been the guy who has sacrificed those. Those looks maybe as as much as anybody not named Scotty Barnes uh, <laughs> for f- well uh, since Siakam has come back and since he's returned to full health so like there's not much to say other than and Ananobi is really good and if he had a slightly bigger role he'd probably be in the same sort of space that Siakam is in terms of the All Star conversation which I interrupted you from uh, fully answering
2: I think no I think I don't think you interrupted I think you just gave your answer. Yeah. I, I think uh, speak speaking about speaking about front court defenders though, that kinda led me into Scotty, uh to just, just talking about Scotty who didn't play against the Suns and then he also missed what was the last game that he missed? Well, was Scotty not Clip...
1: Scotty was it the missed the first game back it... after uh yeah, I think it was the Clippers game now. Because like... he returned on the Sunday and the Friday was New Year's Eve, yes
2: yeah so, yeah, okay, I guess that was a little bit further back than it feels like in my brain. That feels like that was only a week ago and not um almost two weeks. so yeah, so two games in what ten six days or seven
1: yeah, six or seven games uh I think both six
2: due games. to a knee and knee tendonitis, knee is tendonitis that what it's they're
1: now calling it knee soreness knee it's, soreness yeah yeah it's not a great, I love the ever evolving
2: yeah. um injury injury titles that yeah. we get.
1: Will it be tendinitis? Will it be swelling? Will it be soreness? Uh, <laughs> are they interchangeable? Does anything A mean contusion? anything? contusion? <laughs> uh, uh, yeah.
2: Yeah, what, what, what are your... <laughs> Nothing means anything. That's what we've learned. Yeah. Uh, in and out of basketball. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Are you concerned at all about it? And does the team seem to be concerned? I'm a it was a cons- bummer to not see him out there against yeah. the. I mean, it's always a it's a bummer to not see Scotty because he's such a delight uh, to yeah. see on the court. But
1: yeah, I mean, it's a. I'm a bit concerned. the The Raptors yeah. aren't expressing much concern uh, out loud. But whenever a guy misses time over like a few games, even if they're separated for the same reason over the span of time you're left wondering what's going to be the thing that Mm
2: -hmm.
1: solves that. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, not unlike the Ken Birch situation where he missed time with knee swelling. It was sort of unexplained knee swelling. Like, testing didn't reveal any injury, but he was out for three games, I believe. He came back, and then he was out for a month. And, like, I'm not saying... six weeks, yeah. I'm not saying that's what I expect to happen for Scotty Barnes, but... I mean, he's a 20-year-old foundation for your player, for your team, who, like, kind of low-key has a strange gait to his running, uh, which, you know, is is sort of natural for a 20-year-old, probably, (laughs) I'm sure. You remember Jonas Valanciunas was his running coach maybe i do in maybe they'll hire that again right yeah i think so um i don't think that that was a smash hit uh so maybe they'll find a new guy not to besmirch (laughs) the oregon running coach um but like i think it's something you obviously 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 want to be super cautious with um it's just when do you think it could just
2: be like that he is tired and feeling the length of the season and is a little sore so because they're being so cautious it's like oh let's just rest i don't know
1: i i hate to speculate on this stuff because we know there's more there's more information behind the scenes than than we know uh
2: i was surprised is what i'll say and obviously i hope he is just fine and just needed a little break
1: yeah, with that in mind, what what is your what have you made of, of Scotty with the uh, let's just say the big three all playing because he's yeah, you cer- uh, certainly taken a backseat from a scoring perspective. That's what uh, I was,
2: Yeah, I definitely think he and again maybe this is a result of fatigue from the season or something like a knee issue. I I, I don't want to speak to that because like you said, we don't know. But I definitely think what we what we do know is that he's been trying to sort of figure out where he fits within that role. You know what I mean? Like since, since Pascal has been back and since everyone is together, I think that he's trying to feel out where, like what his role is and where he, like where he should be getting his shots and getting his, like, does that make sense?
1: Yeah, for sure. And I mean, I think it's a huge compliment when you, realize he's averaging what he's averaging and I, mm-hmm. I don't have like the the stats in front of me for the last few games but like he does so much of it you know in transition or you know as second chance opportunities that just bodes well for you know even when when his role has in has increased and he's having an off night shooting or, right. or as the lead lead creator or whatever assuming we get there like he'll still be able to find ways to contribute you know, much that that's sort of similar to the conversation we've had in the past about Pascal Siakam, who, you know, when he's when he's at his let's I don't want to say worst, but when he's not playing to his level, mm-hmm. the concern is almost like, where is this defense? Where is mm-hmm. where are these transition buckets? Where are these second chance buckets? And, and like, given Barnes' general motor and demeanor, like I think those should be. I mean, there are natural ebbs and flows throughout a season, but I think those should be near constant for him. Uh, as I've, I think I've said it on this podcast, uh, especially with the way the Raptors have been starting when healthy. I'd love to see him as the screener in more, mm-hmm. in more actions. Like, they, understandably, they've gone to Van Vliet Siakam actions mm-hmm. late in game because those are your two best on the move creators right now, and Van Vliet's shooting just gives them so much gravity. Uh, and creates so much space on the floor for everybody else to drive. But, you know, Siakam's just a bit more reliable from the outside than, than Scotty Barnes right now. And, and Barnes' passing is so good that, that I'd love to find another way to get him involved with that aspect uh, of his game rather than just sort of the Mark Gasol, give it to him at the top of the key <laughs> uh, type thing, which I'd also like to see more of. Uh, but that's more when Van Vliet's off the court. Um, on the court, I'd love to see him setting more screens for uh, for Fred Van Vliet or Pascal Siakam, if you want to talk about a monstrous <sighs> screen roll type look.
2: Um You mentioned, like, taking a step back <clears throat> for Scotty. Do you notice that? Like, we had talked before about how Nick had really said, like, I want you to take the shots. I want you to take the threes. Like he wanted more Scotty. And I felt like he was doing that, you know, like he was starting to become comfortable with not second guessing those things and just taking the shots and, you know, looking for himself and and being aggressive. Um, I do feel like there's been a shift in recent weeks as Pascal's come back. And I think that's probably normal as he's trying to like feel out where he fits. Um I guess do you see that and do you think that the team anticipated that happening or do you think that people would like to see him be aggressive I think soon that there's, a, again? there's
1: something there it's like in the middle right like mm-hmm. it makes total sense that it happened yeah and yet you would like to see him find more ways to get involved in, in the half court offense like that that's Because if he's just, like, he is a part, I think we can agree, of the Raptors' best five-man unit m- most nights, um, but if he's relegated to a guy standing in the corner mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or, you know, making the occasional cut, I'm not sure that's going to do a ton for them. Uh, right, well, so, he can
2: do so much even when he is only yeah, doing those little sure. things that it's like, let's get him involved, yeah. No, yeah, but like but th- think, think, but think about natural. the Suns
1: game, right? Like, yeah. you you need another... Yeah, for sure. Like, whether it's shooting, and that's what I wrote about after the Suns game, is like, if the Raptors are going to upgrade somewhere, like, it's, it's mm-hmm. probably that, you know, wing, that depth wing position, uh, giving you somebody who can stand in the corner and make shots... Um, mm-hmm. Those guys are obviously hard to come by, but you know, even so, it's it's hard to imagine the guy who who supplants Scotty Barnes from the the final five most nights. Oh, that's and, not and happening. So, yet. Yeah. and so like, yeah. let's get him more involved than just that. Saying that, but it is normal, that, right? Like, yeah, just that is is fine, and he'll figure it out if he is healthy enough to do so. So let's help. Ho- I think. He's yeah, I guess the way
2: so. I. I guess the reason I was bringing this up is because I do feel like a lot of people seem to be a lot I say people meaning fans like people watching the team seem to be kind of worried about the fact that he hasn't been as aggressive or just, you know, that like you said, he's taken a bit of a step back, but I think that that's totally normal. Like, I guess that's what I was looking for is for you to agree with me yeah, and no, say we're all that just it makes sense validation. Holly. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I don't, yeah. I don't think that, I don't think that is the thing to be worried about with Scotty. I'm not really worried about any sort of injury thing right now. Although listening to you makes me sort of worry a little bit. So thank you for that. But uh, that's, that's what I'm good for. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think that it's to be expected that a rookie uh, trying to get used to playing with different lineups, especially with like another all star in or a former all star, probably current all star, maybe current all star in Pascal Siakam, uh, that he kind of is deferring a bit to figure out where he fits. I think that's normal and makes sense. And hopefully we he gets to be back on the court again to work through that.
3: Discovered the latest collections from David Yerman, as seen recently, styled on basketball stars like Jaime Jaquez, Jalen Green, D'Angelo Russell, and others. David Yerman is a celebrated American jewelry company inspired by the beauty of art, architecture, and the natural world. The story of David Yerman begins in New York City with David, a sculptor, and his wife Sybil, a painter and ceramicist.
0: This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and
1: more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Yeah, Gary Trent also missed the last two games. I I don't think it's like wildly controversial after the Raptors non Van Vliet and Ananobi players combined to shoot like oh for a million from three to say his absence has been felt maybe more than Scotty Barnes at this point oh definitely Uh, yeah yeah.
2: especially especially Uh, against the Suns like you really really saw it in that game
1: yeah and the the Raptors I mean you just looked at what the Suns were Mm -hmm. doing to Van Vliet like both pressuring him when he was inside or outside the arc and making it like, he, uh, you know, against the Pelicans, he got 17 threes off. Against the Suns, he got nine off. Like, and, and mm-hmm. there's, I mean, obviously that's just the sign of a way better team with a way better, I don't want to say a way better game plan, but, uh, you know, certainly the ability to carry out a game plan uh, a lot better. And and Trent would, you know, the, at, at the best of times, let's say this is a team that needs, that that is lacking for half-court space uh, in the offense, and Trent, beyond Van Vliet, Trent is the biggest reason why. So, uh, yeah, hopefully he gets well soon. Uh, Nick Nurse said he was basically shocked when he didn't play against the Pelicans. He said he looked mm-hmm. fresh as a daisy um, I, in his <laughs> I would like to look uh, fresh
2: as a daisy. I would like to feel fresh for, as a for daisy. once in
1: my life, <laughs> I would like to feel that. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're going to, I mean, they're going to need those guys. This is a tough draft yeah. coming up. Um, but also... We get, sorry,
2: go on. Before we move on from Gary, what a poncho he was wearing on the bench last night. Loved it.
1: Yeah. Um,
2: Big poncho d- fan over here. Do I
1: tell you, my wife sent me the link for, for it. Um, oh,
2: yeah, that's an expensive poncho.
1: Yeah. Um, I believe it was $1,850.
2: Oh, um, I actually thought it would be more than that. Actually, I'm surprised. Uh, uh, yeah,
1: the, it would be well, cool least, to be at least an NBA the black, player. The black version of it is.
2: I um, would have preferred the black version for myself. I'm a big Poncho fan. I don't know if yeah, you know that it about is, me.
1: Like the one that my wife sent me. Uh, what is in the women's section, uh, which isn't like Gary pulled it off. Um, Was that
2: a hint? Was she saying, "Hey, Eric, this is what I would like." No, for Um, herself. Was was that a hint for for what you should buy? I I
1: think she would have me killed (laughs) if I bought that for her. Same. Um, I
2: think. Yeah, yeah. I would. Yeah, I wouldn't be able to do that. But I'm not an NBA player. Being an NBA player seems pretty awesome. I would like to buy a two thousand dollar poncho. But yes, over the pandemic, I've become a very big fan of ponchos. They're very cozy and. If you'd like to look
1: it up, it's the mantella down. Hood logo, jacquard wool cape from Nordstrom. And as my friend Steve said, when does it come to Nordstrom Rack? Um, (laughs) Anyway, Gary Trent looked like I'm watching Watchmen right now. He looked like he belonged in in Watchmen uh, last night, like with the mask and the and like the hoodie cape. uh, He very much looked like he could fit in that setting. Um, I haven't watched
2: that, but I've heard that it's incredible. Uh, um, yeah,
1: let's go to quickly before we get to some reader questions. Oh, sorry. Yes, uh, yes. I'd love to talk I was going to go talk about forever. TV. Uh, yeah, I, I feel like we've done that enough lately. Uh, I, if listen, if that's if because if you
2: don't want a Marvel show. A Marvel there, episode.
1: Yeah, no, our, our substitute producer, Dave DeFore, uh, encouraged us to do that last week. So it is something, maybe the off-season content, uh, we, can, <laughs> we can talk about. Uh,
2: no, so, but before we switch, where are you oh, with the God. leftovers?
1: Uh, so I'm done season two. and are you taking I'm a break? I'm taking a break between season two and season three as recommended by the unreasonablest Ryan Wolstat. Um uh, and, I love you know. the
2: sigh. I love the very loud sigh you made when I brought you back to TV. There wasn't even—you didn't even attempt to hide your annoyance with me. No, it I'm just—you just, know—I'm
1: getting <sighs> worried. Like I have—I have, uh, I have the, the length of time this podcast is going up here, and and you know, there's there's. Well, let's move it anxiety. on. We're good. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> anyway, the the ending of there were after you quit the leftovers. Let's say there were a few. Banger episodes. Um, I'm not going to say it, like I'm not going to tell you to to rewatch. I, I don't think it's a show for you. You're going to talk um, about the
2: one where he's like the the agent at the hotel. That right? wasn't
1: even my favorite. That was oh, okay. uh, uh, Ryan Wolfstadt's favorite. But there there is in the sixth episode epitho- episode there was an extended scene with uh, Carrie Coon and uh, Regina King that okay. is just you know television acting at its best two
2: heavyweights
1: uh they are they are great uh and very satisfying conclusion to the season as i would say was the same in season one um but uh no need to further uh get on this tangent because we're already well down the road of it. Uh, so, as I mentioned last night, if the Raptors are looking on theathletic.com, subscribe, yay! Uh, we'll soon be, as as people know, uh, the New York Times is in the product the process of purchasing the Athletic. That sale still has to go through, but uh, I welcome my new corporate over overlords uh, enthusiastically. Um, but yeah, you can still subscribe to the Athletic. You should do it uh, and support. Good journalism in, in now multiple ways you can do that. As I wrote there, uh, if the Raptors are going to improve, uh, a natural place would be with wing depth. And mm-hmm. I, and the three guys who got a shot last night, Yuta Watanabe, who nice to see him back from health and safety protocols. Safe to say that was not his best game. Uh, Svi Mikhailuk, uh, who I'll just wrap up his game by saying one of the questions we got for uh, my Twitter call-out for questions, was why Sve. Um,
2: oh, that's not nice. <laughs> it was
1: not nice, but it's kind of funny. Uh, oh. And Justin Champagne. Champagny, who had five rebounds in ten minutes, all of which were offensive mm-hmm. rebounds as the Raptors mm-hmm. grabbed 22 offensive rebounds against the Suns almost making up for the fact that they shot 22% from three-point range and 60% from the free-throw line, but not quite. Um, and after the game, Nick Nurse said he is knocking on the door of, of regular rotation minutes.
2: The what door do about, is, do doesn't exist that? anymore. The door's down. The door's open. The door's gone. Champagne uh, is in the living room. He's there. He has joined the party.
1: Yeah, it's much like it's comparable to Delano Batten early in the season where like what he's doing every time he's out there is, even if it's not something that the Raptors need the most of, like like the Raptors need a guy who can hit three threes, you know, who can come in. But like that guy doesn't exist on this roster It's positive. He's adding yeah. a
2: positive impact every time he's in the game. And you kind of joked, jokingly tweeted it last night. I think it was your tweet. I hope I'm not. I hope I'm not giving, giving you credit for someone else's, but it was kind of that like the Raptors offense at this point was basically just yeah, getting no, offensive fine. rebounds. Yeah. Okay. And yeah, I mean, we've talked before about how Champagne just has this incredible ability to be in the right place or to find, um, you know, find an offensive rebound. But yeah, he just makes things happen and he plays super hard and, he was really good. I mean, it felt to me, looking, hearing you say that it was only ten minutes. I'm actually surprised because it felt like he played more than that. Maybe that's just because he's his impact was so much more than the other two players you mentioned <laughs> in last night's game, at least. But yeah, like I would have kept him in there in the fourth. There was a, uh, there was a
1: yeah. Was I, a, I think the reason you couldn't is because of Aiton pretty much.
2: Like, I mean I get it, but yeah. But I, I also probably would have would have just continued running with Pascal when he had five fouls. I think I probably would have just I'm usually but that's usually my take with that is if you're in a close game and your player and your star player has five fouls, you kinda just uh, roll the dice. Well they uh, to, to, review, to quote to 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 bring it back to Fred Van Vliet's bet on yourself. Yeah. To, I would have just rolled he, the dice. The Raptors
1: were up six when Van Vliet Fouled mm-hmm. Landry Shamit, I believe, on a three-point attempt. Uh, mm-hmm. For the people that asked, Nick Nurse had already used his challenge successfully. I may add, uh, I think also on a three-point shot like um, uh, that, that so the he was couldn't it? he couldn't challenge. I think so. I'm not positive. Maybe not. Uh, I think Devin Booker had extended his legs, but I uh, I can't, can't re- and it was on OG, I think, but I can't remember if it was a three or a two. Uh, you would have loved. I don't want to hammer yeah. for, like, because he he won and he got likely points off the board, so that's not a small thing. But you know, if you knew now what what, or if you knew then what you know now, uh, you would have kept that challenge on the board. That's not the way this works. Um,
2: yeah, I think it's silly to to yeah. criticize coaches but, for using challenges. I, they're I mean, there to use if you see an opportunity. Yeah,
1: sometimes it's not. Like, some, like, there is such a thing as leverage, and if, like, it's a low... But, but very rarely is it, like, obviously, obviously wrong. I think, you know, erring on the side of waiting to use it in the fourth quarter is probably the right move more often than not. Anyway, again, another 10. <laughs> um, but... Siakam was uh, the Raptors were up six with about nine minutes left, mm-hmm. I think, when he went out. So I do understand them taking him out at that point. Like maybe I would have brought him back a minute earlier than than they did.
2: It just turned uh, really quick and you could feel turning. it turning, and then it was like, uh-oh, the Suns. And also to start the podcast, you you referenced you referred to the Suns as a a good Suns team. They're the best team in the NBA right now. So, best record in the NBA, yeah. so. 31 and yeah. 9. One game ahead you of the state. You see it. They're really good.
1: Um but yeah, Champagne, really good. I think, you know, I am I still have high hopes for Utah, uh but he just uh, even before he went out with protocols, his play has waned a bit. Uh so I think those two guys are right there for those minutes. For me right now, I I personally don't need to see a lot of Svi Mikhailuk in the next little bit uh, if things remain the same. But I get it too. Like he he does give you a bit more o- offensive punch in terms of creation. Uh, the three point shot, however, exists more in in theory than in than in practice. Speaking um, of
2: the bench, though, Chris Boucher.
1: Yeah, um, he, I, I think we've talked about him the last few weeks, but, oh God, I, I just continue to be really impressed by what he's managed to do in what isn't... Like, like it's becoming a role for him, but, like, wasn't, like, the traditional Chris Boucher role necessarily. Yeah. Certainly not based on last year. And he's, like, made it his own. It's sort of mm-hmm. the activity he's... Or, or the... The degree to which he has created this role for himself and mm-hmm, grabbed this mm-hmm. role is what's really what makes me optimistic about what's going on here.
2: And he's talked to the media about this, too. Like on multiple occasions, he's talked about how he's gone back to film and he's watched film both from this year and also last year to see what it what like what he was missing. And he, you know he realized he was so focused on the three point shooting and that wasn't really working for him this year. And things, you know, things have changed and he decided to get back to cutting to the basket and being playing inside and just like doing, going back to the player he was, I guess, before he kind of had a really successful stretch um, playing, you know, shooting from three in the bubble. No, not the bubble, Tampa. Yeah. Last season. Yeah. And he was really open and honest about wanting to figure it out. And like he said, I'm going to figure it out. I'm putting the work in. Um, Like I know that I'm a better player than what I've been showing and it's paid off. He has figured it out. He has created a role for himself. And we've talked before about how Chris seems to be one of those guys who plays better. He functions better when he knows the amount of minutes he's going to get. And he has like a solidified role. Nothing this season is going to, be ideal for (laughs) most players considering
1: any
2: yeah for anybody but especially on the Raptors team where there's fans one night fans one night in Milwaukee you have 20,000 fans in Toronto you're not having fans the lineups are changing injuries protocols blah 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 but I think that he was really honest and really did look in the mirror (laughs) as people like to say and yeah, he didn't really make excuses, and he didn't, like, blame other people or talk about it. He just figured it out, and I think that that's really awesome for him and also commendable that he did that. Uh, Yeah, for
1: sure. Um, it, it he had 13. Very, sixteen rebounds yeah, made, and three blocks against the— rebounds. Yeah, it yeah. makes it a very interesting conversation around the trade deadline uh Mm -hmm. because he does have an expiring contract and the and the raptors do have that need for more shooting i do i still do wonder if there's like a need for need trade out there um i haven't done quite enough research to say yes or no uh but if he stays here it is good to know that he is now finding a way to to uh Mm -hmm. get Mm -hmm. in where he fits in to uh use an old phrase Is that the phrase? Maybe. It's Uh, a very old phrase. uh, Let's get some uh, Twitter questions. Stephen Hausen Jan. I hope I'm pronouncing that name right. Hausen Jan. Hausen Jan. Uh, Who is the current member of the Raptors bench you see as most likely to become a starter-quality player on the Raptors or another team?
2: Ooh. I know. Good question. That's a great question. Uh,
1: yeah. Let's. I don't uh, know. What are your thoughts? Yeah, you're definitely uh, just putting this off to me, as as I.
2: Although last week you kept hitting me with every viewer, viewer, not viewer, every Twitter question, and I did, I did make it a point to be like, I need to split this up because I felt like I was constantly, yeah.
1: Is it crazy? Well, I think Precious Achua is probably the answer. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I just think he does a lot of things really well. And if he can refine the things that he does not, uh, I think that's the shortest, it's the shortest path for, for him from where he is now. I mean, he's already started some games for the Raptors this year, um, to like the ideal role for him. Uh, because the ideal role for him, as much as the Raptors talk about wanting him to be another guy who can, you know, mm-hmm. get a rebound and go and, and all that. Like, the, you know, screen and screen and dive, play, like, st- center, like, you can see that. So I think the answer is probably chua. What's your hard answer? Is
2: your hard answer the same as mine?
1: If it's Justin Champagny, it is.
2: Oh, wow. No, but I love that. I love that. (laughs) My heart answer is Delano Banton. I would love Uh, nothing more than for, in a few years' time, to see Delano being, like, a rotation starter. How cool would that be? It would be, and I did think about him.
1: Uh, I just... He doesn't quite have enough of the other... Like, Champagne. He's but like we're not a, talking about
2: today, right? No, I know. Or but are he's we like, about but today? Today.
1: it's most likely to become a starter. So, even though you're not talking about today, you do have to consider what you already know he can do. And because I think Champagne is already an average yeah, to yeah, plus yeah. defender, and because you know he's such a plus rebounding, it's really can the guy hit a three? And that's a big thing. And he can,
2: and he will. Um, I, I have such, I have such confidence in, in the desire that. Champagne has to be on the floor like you really see that when he's out there he wants to be there and then thinking about that game where his game winner was waved off and he talked I loved when he said like man that hurt like he was so honest talking about that that he's just like a great story and this would be a great story for him so I also love that answer that's my like second hard answer yeah Fred
1: Van Vliet I don't have the quote in front of me but he gave him like the full Undrafted free agent blessing last night, uh, post game.
2: Ah, oh. uh, and, oh, I didn't see that.
1: Yeah, uh, go back and watch Van Vliet's press conference, but it was, uh, without, without like saying what he was, what that was it, that was essentially what I took from it. It's like, yeah, the Fred Van Vliet, uh, bet on yourself, not of approval. Uh, that's for, awesome for Justin Champagne, who Van Vliet has obviously gravitated to. Um, Let's let's end here. Just uh
2: That's it just, for the just, questions? No 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 no
1: one more question. Let's let's oh. we'll, we'll add, end with this one, not as a final answer, but just as a sort of check-in on how we're feeling about things comes from Joe Timms. How far do you see the Raptors going this season, assuming the starting five can stay healthy?
2: Mm. Um you know, when I started the before the season started, I predicted that the Raptors would finish sixth and as high as fifth. And a lot of people told me that that was silly. (laughs) A lot of people did not agree. And then for a while there, I also thought maybe I had lost it because it did not look like, it did not look like my, um, what I had envisioned for this team was going to come through or happen. But then we had this little stretch of the past seven games, and suddenly, I know I know you say there's a lot of injuries and playing undermanned opponents, and that's very true. But the Raptors also were the other team on the opposite side of that as well this season, so I yeah. think that evens out a little bit. Not, not for um, as I'm long,
1: so- I'll say, but they did have Pascal Siakam out for the first ten games, which obviously makes a difference.
2: I feel pretty pretty happy right now (laughs) like I feel pretty good so where do I think they're gonna gonna go or end up I'm gonna stick with what I said when the season started and I and last week we talked about this and I said that I thought that they would be in the play-in tournament and would make it to the playoffs that way I think now I think that they may not be in the play-in tournament and well no they will be in the play-in tournament right
1: that's how that would know, I, I, I. No, intr- they will make I, it. I introduced this uh, podcast by saying we were coming to you live from the uh, morass of the Eastern Conference. And that is because seeds <laughs> uh, three through 11 are separated by. Why am I doing that? Seeds two through 11 are separated by six games. Yeah, uh, it's pretty crazy. And like Cleveland is in the last. Uh, we're recording this on Tuesday. Or Wednesday, Cleveland is in the last, in the sixth seed, I should say. They're twenty three and eighteen, and then the records go twenty two and nineteen, twenty and eighteen. That's the Raptors. Twenty one and twenty, twenty and twenty one, twenty and twenty one. So
2: yeah, so I think the Raptors you know. will end up probably in that sixth spot, which I didn't think, you know, a couple of weeks ago. And also, obviously, Cleveland had, you know, a really bad injury that they're having to deal with. Two, well, two bad, bad injuries, injuries that they've uh, had to uh, deal but with, the Ru- the which Rubio is one is huge, yeah. Which is awful, obviously. Um, But I do think that I could see the Raptors moving into that sixth spot. I
1: I would say, so I started the season saying they'd lose in the Um, Mm -hmm.
2: play-in. You said that last week,
1: right? Probably. I would say this this little stretch, like you, has me nudging up a bit. I I think they will still fall in the play-in tournament, but I'd predict them to escape it and losing in the first round. Uh, with an absolute ceiling of like an upset based on you know circumstances, and then losing mm-hmm. the second round, uh, mm-hmm. and that's why I know we'll get lots of trade questions. Like I think when keeping it, when thinking about the big picture, you mm-hmm. really have to be sure a guy's going to be around for a while before you start yeah. talking about trading a draft, a first round draft pick, this te- with this team because for they're, sure they're going to need those productive pieces on rookie contracts in order to keep this thing going. And and even if they do decide to break up the core at some point, uh, I, th- I think with a team that has that ceiling, unless like, you know, so many things break right that, you know, you can't even predict them at this stage.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: you've really got to err on the side of caution, especially when, you know, you're, your franchise, or not your franchise player, but one of your most important players is is 20. And, <laughs> and all of your, you know, your four most important players still have a lot of very, or should have a lot of very good years ahead of them. So I, I'm not rushing. This isn't a team that should be all in win now, or even like mostly in win now. If they can do a need for need trade, or if they can, you know, trade some seconds for something, uh, that, that helps them. <laughs> uh, I'd be into that. But beyond that, it it would have to take like a really, really good piece. Does that make sense to you?
2: Yeah, absolutely. We kind of talked about this last week. Uh, there was a question kind of similar yeah. to this. And yeah, I think whatever, whatever the Raptors do end up doing this year or where they finish or how far they go, all of that is like a bonus in a way. Like it's kind of just wait and see what we have. I don't think it's going to be... Let's make a move to try to make this season whatever. You Saying
1: know? that, give me some playoff games in front of a packed crowd in Toronto, baby. Give me it. Come attach on, it, people. Attach it to my veins. <laughs> I need it. Uh, the Raptors... Have a five game road trip coming up Friday in Detroit for another Dwayne Casey revenge game. Uh, back to Also that from- game is
2: that game is coming after the Bulls opened the third quarter against the Pistons last night on a 17-0 run. So
1: yikes, guys. In the words of uh, Fred Katz. Um at Milwaukee, <laughs> presumably with to kumpo but who knows. Uh, and then uh, a trip that I'm no longer going on. Uh, at Miami on Monday, we'll probably talk to you after that game, uh, and then in Dallas and Washington to finish mm-hmm. that trip up. Do you want to do all five games, all three, or just three games? Ooh, what
2: do you want? Uh, let's do all five.
1: Okay, so you first. I'm gonna play at quasi chalk and go win in Detroit, losses in Milwaukee, Miami, Dallas, and win in Washington. Uh, but I don't feel good about any of those. <laughs> mostly because of the Detroit baggage, <laughs> but uh, uh, this is like, like I, I I had a tweet that people yelled at me about about last night's game, really telling you a lot about where the Raptors were at compared to their win streak, uh, which I think was proven correct by the way. Um, anyway, <laughs> um, people saw it as a negative, and then it turned out that I meant like it was mostly positive. Um,
2: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: But this this stretch is gonna especially going up to the February 10th trade deadline. It it should be, it's a pretty good cast of games coming up and should tell us a lot about the team.
2: I think, I'm just looking at at the games listed right now, um, yes. Yeah, so you know what? The trick, the tricky part is Detroit because it feels like the Raptors, uh, don't usually play their best games against Dwayne Casey. Uh, I think that the team will go how many games? There's five games. Okay. Let me get my math straight. I think that they will go three and two. Is okay,
1: that what you said? Who are, who are they beating then?
2: Is, I think that they are going to, beat detroit dallas and washington
1: Ooh, dallas has been pretty good lately
2: i know they have been that's that was gonna be my like whoa this will be a great road game kind of thing but then i realized they also have to beat detroit which you would think that that would be an easy not an easy game but you would think that could be a win but as we've mentioned
1: um Yeah, so I'd say three and two, great. Two and three, sort of expected. That's what I predicted. One and four, explainable, explainable, but not good. Oh and five, disaster. Five and zero or four and one. You know, uh, fuck. Let's uh, (laughs) fucking um, let's just start talking about uh, trading three first rounders for pick the star. You know, Um, (laughs) that's sort of where we're at. Holly. I will talk to you next week. Listeners, uh, thank you for the questions. Thank you for listening. Uh, watch out for the tweets. I usually send them on the day of the uh, that we're recording the podcast, uh, and we always appreciate those. Uh, and thanks for listening. Yeah. Uh, Holly, be well, and uh, say hi to your mom for me. I will do so. Thanks, guys. See ya!